it's frowned upon to treat um, the entry line of a school zone like the pit entry speed limit line. And you will get some looks. If what did you do? If you're going 30, normal speed, and then you can see that, you know, they have the board where it shows you your speed and you wait until almost the last second and you slow down real, real hard, real quick. Yeah. But when you cross the line, you're still at 20. You get some looks from the crossing guard. Oh, yeah. I got one this morning. Welcome to That's P1, the podcast for people who got into Formula One from Drive to Survive. I'm Ryan Thomas. I'm Sarah Thomas, sorry. <laughs> Thought we were going to have to do a retake quickly in. We made it. Woohoo, sorry. We got into Formula One from Drive to Survive, so uh, we don't expect that you know stuff from the 80s and 90s. We're not going to talk a ton of aerodynamics <clears throat> or regulations. Technicalities? Yeah. There's no math involved here. There's no math involved. This is purely just... You watch that show on Netflix, and now you're interested. Yeah. Email the show at that's p one podcast at gmail.com. And you may get it. I mean, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get the email. Okay. And then I should say we may check it. We're not very good at always checking yeah. it daily, so I mean that's true. We have I'm if it takes a day or so for us to reply. That's why. That's why. Sorry. No worries. I also just like messing up your... Yeah, you like messing up the flow. I do. I think it's more fun if you aren't so practical. Yeah, we're just pulling the e-brake all the time. Anyway, um, that's p1podcast at gmail.com. That's p1podcast on Twitter. And hit us up. We have a few questions. Uh, maybe... Maybe not next week, but at some week when we don't have a race, we'll answer some questions from people, and that will be fun. Okay. Uh, so send yours in to get yours answered. Uh, find us on Twitter, and most days we post a little recap from news around the F1 world. None of none of it is original reporting, but there's a lot that happens. If you follow us, we post the recap, and you can know what you need to know, and you still got work done. So now to, well, first, so the Australian Grand Prix was Saturday night, Sunday morning, mm -hmm. and our plan was <laughs> to watch it Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Kind of depends on, kind of depends on our day. Yeah. And Saturday evening, it was Saturday morning, I forgot about Quali. And so I logged on Instagram as I was getting ready and I had it spoiled. Yeah. So Saturday evening you said, Hey, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it through without knowing. Mm -mm. It's and just too hard. And I was like, yeah. So soon after that, we were making a pot of coffee to stay up. Oh man. Yeah. I had a monster. It wasn't too bad. And yeah, it, it's it, just, it felt weird for it to be happening at that time of the day. It felt weird to be tired watching a race yeah. and not waking up and excited. But. And then Sunday seemed so. Oh. It's like, oh, 
anticlimactic. No race. Yeah, but but we stayed up and we live tweeted it. We Our did first time to do that. We tweeted the hell out of that race. Did we? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think our Twitter feed about the race was more interesting <laughs> than the race itself. It's really hard to live tweet. I don't think I ever fully appreciated how difficult it is for people to do that. I kept wanting to like pause it so I could tweet because I didn't want to miss something on the TV while I was typing. So it's it's hard. That's yeah, it it brings some respect for people who do that a lot. Yeah. I'd kind of thought that was super easy. But we'll figure it out. We're going to keep doing it. Maybe we'll get there. Yeah. So the thing, one thing before we get to quality or the race that I thought was interesting, we were going to have four DRS zones, but Alonzo kind of cheekily started talking about maybe that's unsafe. And so it. What? Yeah. So it got brought down to three DRS zones. And a lot of people think because that's advantageous to their setup. To not have DRS? In one section because that um, that is advantageous or not advantageous to porpoising. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of manipulated to get a better setup for Alpine. Hmm. And early on, it looked like it worked. Because he was... He made it into Q3, and then they had a, what, not even a two-pound cost part blow up and put him in the wall. Yeah, it was bad. And then he was done and in 10th. Yeah. But not much from the race itself was interesting. I mean, I have things, but in general... Yeah, if you're looking for a race where there's a lot of like overtaking in car to car racing, this wasn't it. Can you imagine if someone's like, hey, I've gotten into Formula One. We ought to watch a race. Yeah. We'll stay up late. It'll be fun. We'll have snacks. Let's and watch the Australian Grand Prix. Then you your friend is like. So this cars is break down boring. And, and that's it. The only time it got interesting was after a red flag, yeah. a red safety car. Yeah, the safety cars. The the startups after the safety cars were interesting. And that's really it. Yeah. I, there are a couple of ooh, moments because the backfield, they were so close behind each other. But they weren't overtaking. There was no passing. They were just in a line and every once in a while I'd be like oh my gosh they are so close how are they not hitting each other but that was it and that's not very interesting to me like it, it's a long parade yay it I thought it was interesting that Ferrari put Carlos signs on hards mm-hmm. because yeah he was starting ninth he had problems with qualification with a red flag getting thrown just feet before he crossed the line yeah and then after the red flag, they couldn't start his car up on time. And then he wasn't able to prep his tires, so he didn't set a good lap. But we know from Leclerc's lap that 
the Ferrari's fast. Ferrari knows it's fast. They know he was about to set an awesome lap that didn't count. But they still put him on the hards, which is normally what you do when your only chance of getting around people is through pit stops. And I, I just thought when I saw that, oh, I don't know if the warm-up issue is going to be worth yeah. the longevity. Ugh. And he made it's it so bad. like nine corners. And this isn't just, so it's a combination of faults. You have Ferrari, the team making it a problem to put him on the hards. Yeah. Which is an overcorrection. But I think the actual lap or half a lap that he did is a, an example, a manifestation of him worrying about being coming, becoming their second driver. Mm-hmm. And he was so desperate to make that move uh, coming off of that long stretch along the lake. He's trying to make a move to get a pass done. And we saw Checo do it. Not, not too many people did it, but he went off in the grass and then was so aggressive trying to fix it. Cause he was like, I can't, if I, if I lose it, I'm going to be yeah. the second Ferrari driver. And he stomps on the gas gets wheel spin, skids into the gravel, and he's done. Yeah, once you hit that gravel, you're and stuck. We saw Magnuson do almost the exact same thing, except he was patient and didn't go in the gravel because he didn't overcorrect and get too aggressive. He lost a spot, but he lived to fight another lap. So by doing everything he could to not become Ferrari's second driver, he, became. he is now cemented. It, yeah. I, bet, I mean, it's still early. It's only week three. Yeah. I think it is. It's easy to start speaking in broad strokes, but it's so early that things can still change. Like, but you, there's you, still you hope see, for most people. But teams. you can see the pressure for him. But yes, that. Well, yeah, because if you see, of your three races. The percentage is kind of low that you're not doing great, but oh, Sainz had a tough weekend. I felt bad for him. Yep. He wasn't the only one, though. He had a tough weekend. Yeah. It was a seemed to be a really odd week for several teams. I I think I think the changes to the track both in the cornering and the resurfacing caught a lot of people out yeah. as the British say. Yeah. And then Vettel, this is his first race. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been in the car since testing. It probably hasn't changed much, but he's changed. He hasn't been in it all this mm-hmm. time. And so, you know, it's hard. For, and then he had some wrecks. And so I think he did a, I think going in to the race, he had done a grand total of 26 laps. That's, Crazy. Yeah. That was a horrible I weekend. S- I saw Aston Martin there. It was like, yeah, this wasn't about Seb. This was about the car. Like, they stood behind oh, good. him. Which I thought was kind of, whoa there. Not typical Aston Martin. No, but. Lawrence Stroll didn't write that report. I don't think Lawrence Stroll's writing a lot right now. I hope not. But, yeah, they said it was about the car, not him. Good. Which I thought was interesting. I think is 
pretty close to accurate. I've heard, or people have said they have huge upgrades coming in the summer, but this apparently their car is broken. It, Seb's not the problem. No, not at all. 99 problems, but Seb ain't one. Yeah. So what let's, else do you find Let's stick with them. Okay. The One of their 99 problems, Aston Martin, is, is Lance Stroll. Ugh. Man, he was like, what's the word? Um, particularly Lance this week. Yeah. Like, He's very Lancey. Yeah. He calls that, he, well, he was part of that huge wreck in Quali. Yep. Not his fault. His fault depends on who you ask. And then he caused lots of problems on the race day itself. So it's, yeah. Not not a lot for him to write home about. None of that's going in his highlight reel. No, except him whining. Yeah, which no. that is his highlight reel. Ah, nothing happened. I can't do it. That's a good. That's a good Lance. His wreck in Quali with Latifi. Where Latifi lets him by, and then he's going slow. So Latifi's thinking, "Well, I'll just, I'll just push on then. If you're going to go this slow, and Ram, and he goes by him, and then Stroll turns into him, kills the Williams car. That thing like, just almost explodes, just with all the debris that goes everywhere. It was kind of crazy how much that just disintegrated so fast. It was like cost the week before. I saw, or I've heard and seen. Multiple people in the media talk about that being a needless accident, mm -hmm. uh, not worth the uh, all sorts of things. Pretty much putting it the blame squarely on him, <clears throat> and, on Lance. Yeah, on Lance. Yeah. And it, probably to them, it's that obvious. To me, it what it was. Okay, I don't like him, so I'm gonna side that way. But it didn't look egregious. But I find it interesting that media people. I don't know maybe aren't giving him benefit of the doubt or giving him positive press. Maybe I don't know if it's part of a relationship with Aston Martin, but I could see them through Lance, through Lawrence wanting to kind of make sure that Lance is treated with kid gloves. But you're saying that was in the past, I'm, but not right now. Yeah, I didn't. The, the criticism to Lance surprised me from official F1 media. Yeah. I rewatched official F1 media didn't like Lance very much this week. No, which normally they kind of treat him normal. They don't laud him too yeah. much, but they don't go at him. So I feel like they ignore him, mm -hmm. which is probably the safest option. Yeah. So maybe at this point you just couldn't ignore it. I, I hope. I mean, I hope they've realized, okay, it's not if this is if, if, there is some sort of thing from Esther Martin. Hey, yeah. we'll give you stories or whatever in exchange for being good to Lance, which we know that happens because we saw the media do that to Mazepin partway through the year. Gift baskets make their way around. If that's done, that's our only way to get out of Lance being an Aston Martin because Lawrence Stroll owns Aston Martin. We know he cares a bunch about his image. If the car sucks, People are talking about his son sucking. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, people aren't going to want to buy his actual cars. 
So it probably won't happen, but that's the only path to Lance not being a driver. He'll be 50 years old and drive. <laughs> it's still driving an Aston Martin around. Um, is Aston Martin involved with any of the negotiations for the new teams coming in in a few years? The Like the engine manufacturers? Like uh, Porsche and Audi? Yeah. Mm-mm. I mean... Not any more than the other teams, but Porsche and Audi are... I saw McLaren was probably not involved with them anymore. Yeah, it seems like that didn't Negotiations go well. ceased. It, yeah, I, it'll be nice to have more engines in, but... Yeah. Aston yeah. Martin's a cluster. It seems to be that way, yeah. I agree. I thought their two-pit strategy was interesting for Stroll to try to get him on the hards. And then they immediately, like, he did one lap and then went back in. Yeah. They did the, they and did one lap on the medium so that he ran two compounds. Is that why they did it? And they could just put him right back on the hards and try to just run the whole race. Oh, that's so stupid. But he's not good enough on his tires. So... He didn't pull it off. Albon did go... Yeah all the way minus one lap on one set of hards pitted and was fast enough to get to still stay 10th, yeah. which was phenomenal. But I loved, I loved that idea because they've mm -hmm. done some interesting strategy things that have helped, but best strategist in the world isn't going to help Lance. The Aston Martin strategist, no. uh, their chief of strategy used to be at force India and is what manipulated Checo going from 20th to first when he got that win in the secure outer loop. Mm -hmm. And so she can't remember her name, but is still at, she's at Aston Martin now. I guess it's still the same team technically. Mm -hmm. And she's only so good. She's not a miracle worker. <laughs> Checo at least has talent. Yeah. Okay. This is like hate on Lance week. Yeah, it pretty much is. Sorry, dude. I mean, we'll change our tune. If Aston Martin wants to send us a gift basket or become a sponsor, <laughs> I can easily be bought and change change my tune. I mean, uh, what else? Perez did really well. He didn't. Uh, yep, he did great. He acquitted himself well. This is the second time I can think of, and probably more. Third time. Um, Coda last year. Abu Dhabi last year, and then this time, where he had a, such a better start than Verstappen mm -hmm. that it compromised his race. He could have either passed Max, run into Max, but because Max was slow and he was fast, he got screwed. And in this case, he's going to go up around the outside of a clear try. Yeah. Verstappen covers off his teammate because he had a bad start and can't do yeah. his original plan. They're all off to the left, and Lewis Hamilton is like, oh, well, here's a nice entryway. Yeah. And that sucked just to see Checo kind of get screwed, no fault of his own. But then it took him a few laps, but he breezed by. Mm -hmm. And then he did it again after the pit. He did it on Russell. He showed, okay, I I can work with this car. And in this car, I'm a good driver. And that was fun to see. It was fun to see. And it seems like at Red Bull, they've 
possibly made it what some people are interpreting is basically saying the second seat is going to be filled by whoever does better this year, Checo or Pierre. And so far, Checo's got the inside track. Yeah. Well, how many races until they realize they have to put their money behind Checo? Because he has more points than Verstappen does. If he is higher in standings, and if that continues any longer, it's going to be your. What's the gap? Right now, it's five points. Wow, that's it. That's it. Perez is fourth, and Verstappen is six, with Hamilton in between. How many points does Checo have? Thirty. So Max is twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Just that one win. Mm-hmm. And, and there's only five points between Max and Ocon. To show, like, you're the champion, but you're number six right now. Yeah. But. Sucks when you don't get to finish two thirds of your races. Mm-hmm. And so just stay on Red Bull. Yeah. They've, in general, what I've heard. Historically, in the old days, before this sea change of rules, they moved that car to be an oversteery car, which means the front end is doing some wiggling as you're going to a corner. Okay. Which is how Max has always Max, liked it. That's how he likes it, yeah. Now it's an understeery, which is the back end. And that is very general, but basically, oversteer, understeer, you hear people talk about Max likes oversteer. The Red Bull in the old era was very oversteery. Now it's understeery, which is closer to what Checo Checo. has always liked. And so you and I have said, I think even on this podcast, we'd just like to see him get a car that is not tailor-made for someone else. Yeah. And he's not as good as Max. Mm Mm-mm. But he's, if you're a Max fan, diehard, Checo is a problem. Yeah. And they aren't a team who look at it as who's leading the championship today. That's our number one driver. Yeah. And so it is going to be really interesting. Uh huh. If Max doesn't win, if Max doesn't finish some races soon, Red Bull's going to look really dumb. And I, I don't, I don't know. And I haven't seen anybody be able to give a good answer because none of this stuff it's really fun to dunk on Red Bull powertrains, which is a myth because the engine that's in the back of both those cars was made by the Honda team in Sakura mm-hmm. and sent over like normal. It's being maintained by X Honda people running an LLC at Milton Keynes. So Red Bull powertrains isn't really doing anything. Mm-hmm. So the engine issues they've had aren't related to Red Bull doing anything different than before. And so it's just really interesting um, that it's all across the board. It was the fuel system the first time, which was explainable. Our testing program didn't allow us to mm-hmm. test that low fuel, so we didn't know it was going to happen. Haven't seen this one, if it was a, a fuel line or a hydraulic line or whatever. But All I've said is it was fuel leaking. 
And that's why they told him to, when they told Max to get out, they told him to watch for flames because Gosh. it was fuel. It's dangerous. Yeah. And, and that explains the smell that he was like, mm-hmm. I smell something. And I think they were just. They're like, oh stop, shit, oh shit, oh stop. shit, oh shit. <laughs> it's not Gosh. a good time. It, it, that's a hard thing to solve. And Max, I know, not literally, I'm just very sure, has an out in his contract, however it's constructed, that if they have a car like the 2017, 2018 Renault engine, then he's not locked into that six or seven year deal. I mean, he has an out a guy like him is going to have an, an engine out. I mean, a, a car just dramatically yeah. sucking he's going to be out and that and they could be in deep trouble they could be yep well they could still turn it around though mm-hmm. it's we'll talk in our too early in so. our new segment at the end we'll talk about why i'm not as worried okay in a vacuum only- that i get yeah all right what else the McLarens did well. McLarens did well, yeah. Sadly, that was, was mainly a, because of the track. It was a track that was good for them, yeah. They want tracks with no braking zones. They would love ovals. Our brakes are horrible. Mm-hmm. Give us tracks where we don't have to slow down. Yeah. But it was still fun it was to see. good for them. It gives them some points. And it might have been Ricardo's best was, finish at home. I don't know. That has to be good mental win, though. Because hmm. the first couple of weeks were so tough. Like, it's good to have a fun one. They needed that win. So that's good. It was fun to see them fight with the Mercedes. And, mm-hmm. and Danny probably could have passed Lando, but Lando was low on fuel, so they were telling him, you lift and coast. We'll make sure Ricardo doesn't pass you. And Ricardo even asked, okay, well, what do I do if he completely runs out of power? <laughs> then you can. Yeah, go around him. Don't hit him. Don't pass Lando if he's still in the running, but don't wreck his car if he yeah. falls out. Don't make him waste fuel by racing you. Yep, exactly right. And he took that like a team. He did. Team player. And that maybe he may sort of look that look at that as payback. For Imola last year in that mm-hmm. they told Lando, hey, best thing for us is you to stay in P2. Don't worry about pressuring Danny. He got the yep. win. They kept Lando back. They're We're all not good. mortal enemies like Netflix would like you to No, think. I saw it on Netflix. They're, they hate each other. <laughs> Lando hates that douchebag. They're not friends at all. No. Yeah, Daniel's so hard to get along with people. Yeah, other than that... Other than that, there's not that much else that, I mean. That happened. Yeah. We'll talk what, we're going to talk about what some things mean and how we interpret some things. But I guess the only other thing that happened is Leclerc took his ball and went home. Huh? Leclerc took the ball and went home. That was. He was like reminiscent of like Hamilton 2019. Just gone. Just naming. And that's it. You barely watched him finish the race because he was just so far ahead. It was it was done. 
Yeah. I, that was, that was interesting. Regardless, Mm -hmm. Red Bull have said, Hey, we were worried about front tire graining. So we made some adjustments in the setup to counter that the track changed and evolved more than we thought over the weekend. Cause the new surface crap, or they were worried about rear tire. They overcorrected and the surface changed. So now they set it up to where their front left was graining so quick. If they'd have gotten that right, I think it would have been a close race, but I think this is a situation where this track and this weather that just fit the Ferrari. That was the Ferrari's race. Yeah. The margin might've looked better. For the team at Milton Keynes, but I think Ferrari was getting this win. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Um, What's next? The last specific thing. I thought this was so interesting. Okay. Max, there's another conspiracy. So in addition oh, to my Aston Martin Lance Stroll conspiracy theory. Okay. It's a fact that because the Aston Martin safety car has less aero bits and fins and things than okay. the Mercedes safety car. And they alternate week to week. And so it's okay. sponsored, but each week it's a different safety car. Each race is a different safety car. The Aston Martin safety car can't go as fast as the Mercedes safety car. And multiple people complained about that after the race. Max and somebody else said it's horrible going behind the Aston Martin safety car because it is so slow. Okay. This is the first race I think that we've had a safety car that Max has been involved and we haven't heard him complaining about the speed of the safety car played on the air. I feel like we've heard. Okay. It's probably not literally the only time. No. But it's rare that we don't hear him complaining, him or Lewis complaining about safety car. I just, I feel like they stopped airing that because it was just like, so of course they are. Okay, true. Probably, maybe. I don't have a, I don't know. I'm this. just, yeah. I'm just saying, I think it's interesting okay. that all of a sudden. It, it is. All of a sudden, that's, there's a, there's a reason that we're not hearing it. You're right. They just don't, they don't want people to criticize Aston Martin in public. Even though they'll go after their drivers. Yeah. This is just like when people, (laughs) when we say the NFL wants the Cowboys to lose, even though the Cowboys bring all the viewers, they bring all the money, but yet there are a lot of people who say the NFL is fixing against the Cowboys. Computer from Three Six Mafia calls in to the hang zone on the ticket all the time, and it's like, "Look, the refs are against us. They hate the Cowboys." That is so stupid. Even though the Cowboys are always the top game, the NFL would love nothing more than the Cowboys okay, in a but Super what Bowl. What does that have to do with this? I'm have I'm trying to have it both ways. Aston okay. Martin is manipulating to get good coverage or and bad coverage for Lance, but yet they don't want their safety car criticized. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not good at conspiracy theories. <laughs> Sorry. If you can figure out how these connect, like the sunny in Philadelphia crime scene bulletin board and the lines all drawn together with the threads, that's p1podcast at gmail.com. 
Fallout movie ended up being just that empty house and mailbox full of papers. Oh. That was good. That's a pretty good reference. That was good. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to start a new-ish segment because they're really, at this point, you and I differ on how <laughs> church this championship is. But what do you mean church? What like it's done. Mean? It's a done deal. Okay. I don't know why I don't know why you say that, but when you I say that's you church, that, that means it's hundred percent it's done. Well, some of us don't say that, so Okay, some of us do. But I'm convinced Ferrari's done. They've got this. Okay. We differ, but that's not interesting. It we differ. Okay, we're done. What's more interesting, I think, is to talk about whose stock we're buying or selling or holding. Okay. So who's... You're just looking at me. <laughs> I thought you were going to go first. <laughs> Even though we didn't talk about that in the meeting. Uh-uh. And why would, you always go first, so why would this be any different? So whose stock are you buying? I went first with my question. Ugh. Um, I don't know if I'm, if you haven't, if this was like Formula One fantasy sports thing, mm -hmm. if you don't have Checo, I would put money behind Checo. Hmm. I think his stock is doing really well. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think Ferrari's a pretty good bet. Might be a little expensive, that though. That may be too... Oh, yeah, they may be overpriced, but... If you need just, like, like, a solid 3% gain... I think it's gain. like drafting Tom Brady in your fantasy team. Like, you're going to get points. Don't worry about it. You know, like, yeah, he was half your budget, but you'll win half your game, so... Yeah, don't overthink it. So I think Ferrari's a pretty good bet. What about you? I'm buying Red Bull stock. Okay. Because I think it's priced low. I think I could get it on the market at a great rate. This Okay. After two out of three DNFs for Max. They've only had one race with both cars finishing. Okay. Because I think eventually they will get it figured out. And while okay. I don't think they are going to win the championship. No. Where are they in the constructor standings? Oh, I don't know. I was just looking at constructors. They're three. Yeah. So they're third. I feel like they're a lock for second. Because how far are they behind uh, Mercedes? Ten. Yeah. They got that. I mean, I think Ferrari's got the constructors. They're at 104 points. So. Man, yeah. I think it won't be long till they've... You might say that's church. No. I've never heard that phrase. Oh, man, yeah. Also, if you know the etymology and history of that's church, that's p1podcast at gmail.com. So who... Okay. What's a stock that you're selling? 
Or what are a couple uh, stocks you're selling? If you had any hope that Williams had something good this year, I would get rid of him. Because, well, Albon has done okay. Latifi is going to screw you. Because he's just, no. He's your friendly Canadian albatross hanging around in the neck. I always feel bad because he seems like a good guy. I'm one of those, it's not personal. It's just, it's not a, it's time to move on. It's hmm. when you've gotten complacent in the job and you're not sucking, but neither are you doing anything really great because you're just comfortable. I think that's how he is there. And it's time to move on. That makes sense. And Williams kind of struggled and I don't, I don't think this is going to be the year they turn it around. Like people were, hoping. we were all hoping. Yeah. Well, and I think you're right. If, if they were still under the Williams family, they might settle for less and they need the money that comes with his Lavazza espresso. Mm-hmm. But They've changed hands and they've mm-hmm. got Latifi because they're not going to make a midseason change. So they've got Latifi as a constant from that era to this era. They could easily drop him because they said they've got the cash now. Mm-hmm. Albon can then be your constant going forward. Yeah. And you never had two new drivers at once. And and there's a couple of F2 drivers just hanging around ready. So I feel like this season more than any since they have those reserve drivers who can't do Formula 2 and now they're just reserve drivers. Yeah, when you win Formula 2, you can't go back. And, and they're, they're like, hey, you won, but there aren't any seats open. They're on the track now watching you. Like, I feel like this is one of those seasons where the pressure is on to keep your seat. That's really interesting. Oh, maybe because that's why. Your people there are literally behind your team principal watching you race. I wonder if that that could be, as there was never that era of shark eating weaker fish shark, yeah. at, at the old Williams. But that could be why he's now having trouble. And, and even, one of those guys is hanging around Toto Wolf, and you know Wolf will help Williams out. <laughs> well, and even the sharkiest Williams seems like a dream compared for Albon. He's yeah. like, guys. You think this is cutthroat? I've had a team principal, <laughs> you know, shank me yeah. in the locker room. This is nothing. Yeah. So I think these uh, midfield lower drivers, I think it's a higher pressure situation for them. That makes a lot of sense. So I think it's, I think it's just time for him to move on. So I would sell. I would also sell Aston Martin. Their car has struggled in the last few weeks. They're not showing signs of improving. And it's hard to tell because you haven't gotten to see Vettel actually get comfortable and get in the car, but the car's not performing very great. So I would... Cash out. Yeah. Take the loss. Yep. Move on. Or like that CNBC show, Mad Money. Oh, that always makes me think of Arrested Development. Yep. Don't sell. <laughs> We've been upgraded. <laughs> exactly. We're so excited. I think that's what Haas is feeling. We're a don't sell. 
They are. They are. They are the epitome of don't sell. Yeah. They struggled this race, but I feel like that was more of a, they didn't get the setup right. Hmm. And that kind of screwed them on this track. But the first two races, they were better. So if they can show the next few races, they had that same speed that they've shown before. I think they could be good. Especially if you bought their stock in the off season thinking they punted on an entire year. Yeah. I'm buying into the suck for luck strategy. <laughs> Hold on to that stock yeah. right now. I think Hoss is a just hold on, let's wait and see. That's that's very sound. I mean, yeah. It's sound investment advice. Mm-hmm. I'm also selling Aston Martin. <laughs> I, you got to get out of that. Yeah, sorry. I didn't own a lot, but I owned a little bit because of Vettel. Yeah. And I, and I like their... I like their livery and clothes. On the car, it looks crappy it looks better it's a weird color on the car it doesn't match the usual green Mm-mm. but i bought a few shares but i've i'm i've now gotten out of that position you just can't it's not gonna work no i'm hoping vettel will be able to pull something out of the car because he's he's the kind of driver that can get something out of a bad car Mm-hmm. we've seen that yeah and he just hasn't had that opportunity yet so I'm hoping we can see him do something in the car, but I think it's a crappy car, so. And I don't want... There's only so much you can do. I don't want that to be the end of Seb. No. But I worry, like you were saying, there are so many young drivers that... I think Alonzo should be more worried about those young drivers than Seb. Yep. But, so... We are the Drive to Survive era podcast. Didn't know a thing about this before. So all of the Alonzo is a two-time world champion. He's one of the greatest drivers ever. But it's been 10 years since he's gotten... Pole. Like, that's time to... And I just haven't seen him be great. Yeah. He defended so well in Hungary. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I'm not... What else do you do here? And I mean, he's on a mid-team. It's not even on a great team. But I, we are... I don't necessarily want to say he sucks, but I just don't see the hype that so many people talk about with him. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be better off to get a Piastri, Fittipaldi, yeah. and bring in to pair with Ocon. Yep. They wouldn't get as many sponsorships because he brings some sponsorships, but Otmar can help you sell some t-shirts. Yeah, I think I think he's just done. Yeah. Sorry. Womp womp. The other stock I'm selling, and I had a fair no I had a fair amount of this was Carlos Sainz stock. You think? Yep. Because he's gonna become the Ferrari number two driver. Okay. Meaning and they're not going to start giving him tires that are rigged to blow. No, no. But especially in the cost cap, upgrades don't come in bunches and there's not as many of them as there have been in years past. And so when an upgrade comes out, it'll go in Charles' car first. Every time. And so he'll be on the 2.5 car. Carlos will be on the 2.0. They'll both level up, but it'll be to the 2.5 for Carlos and the 3.0 for Charles. And... Then mm-hmm. in race, 
they will always give Charles the better strategy and the preference. That plus having to then fight with the Red Bulls, because I eventually think they're going to get that figured out. Plus, he's going to have that pressure and that psychological issue that I think is going to force a lot of bad results and mistakes. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. He'll still outscore Kevin Magnuson. Yeah. That's a hot take. Well, I think the car is good enough that I think he's going to get, he could get a lot of points. Hmm. But I worry there's some race in the next two, two races that Leclerc either has a bad setup or goes out. Carlos finds himself in second, fighting for first or in first. It'd be his first win, mm-hmm. a win he desperately needs this season to keep his hopes alive. Verstappen or Checo are just barreling down on him. How many laps until he cracks? I don't know. We'd have to find out. Or maybe he won't. Yeah, he might not. He has he has a good support team around him. He does. Which he we believe good... to be vital to success. Yep. yep. So I'm I'm not saying completely exit, but if you bought high, this might be a time to sell because the crash may yeah. be coming and there may be a time to double dip and buy low again. But And you know, it may be in his favor that he's not a newbie anymore. He is a little older and a little bit more mature, so maybe he can handle he can weather some of this rocky start. A little bit better than if he was brand new and True. was trying to prove something. True. If he was a second or third year driver, mm-hmm. this might be an issue. But but he raced against Max at Toro Rosso and mm-hmm. he raced against Lando at McLaren. Mm-hmm. They had a good relationship. It wasn't rocky, but it, he's gone up against awesome drivers basically his entire career. Yeah. That could play a part. Are you selling any others? No, I'm not selling any other stock. What are you holding on? I'm going to hold on to my McLaren stock. Okay. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd give them another week to show what they can do. And this might be emotional. Might be. It totally is emotional. Totally is. On paper... They're probably going to be bad, but I'm holding on to their stock. It seems like they don't porpoise as much as the Mercedes cars. Okay. The Mercedes, the Mercedes car and the Aston Martin porpoise a bunch. Mm-hmm. Those are the two cars that are using a, no, and the Williams porpoises some. The Ferrari was porpoising a lot this week. Yeah. But they're okay with it. It's not as they bad. They have the speed, so it doesn't slow. It doesn't affect yeah. them. But the cars that are porpoising with the Mercedes engine also have the Mercedes gearbox. Yeah. So the teams that use their custom gearbox aren't porpoising as much. Yeah. So I read that article. I think that if McLaren can just get the porpoising figured out, and I believe there may be some delayed sharing of Intel from Mercedes. Okay. Because Mercedes ran a sensor on Hamilton's car the whole race. 
they usually run in practice to to see the exact height of the car to the ground constantly. So they are focusing all on porpoising. They figure it out. They might tell McLaren and at the customer teams like two races later. We get a head start because we figured it out. Okay. Your customer teams are interested to do well. If they get that figured out and their brakes, I think they got a quick car. Okay. They got two good drivers. Danny is in a good spot. I think to your point, this result was huge for him psychologically. Mm-hmm. The team needed that. Lando is awesome. Not worried about him talent-wise. Nah. Yeah. So I'm holding on to all that stock. I'm holding on to my George stock. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I had wondered if he would be a little difficult, a little more difficult to put into the corner than Valtteri Bottas. Mm-hmm. And it has proven to be. Yeah, the car sucks, but they're both in the same crappy car. Yeah. And I think that will continue to be a storyline to watch. Because Mercedes seems to be willing to just go whichever car is in front. Hmm. Much more than Red Bull will do. So it really is whichever driver's and doing best that week. And George is good. He is good, yeah. He's just discovering and getting his powers. Lewis may be on the tail end of his powers. That is a... Well, you can tell Lewis doesn't feel comfortable in this car. You can tell he doesn't trust it. Like, And you, can, was... you can see with the way he's driving, he's like, I don't... Mm-mm. And when was the last time he had a car he didn't, f- he f- didn't feel great about? Yeah. What has George been driving the past three seasons? Always a crappy car. So he's like, yeah, he's super excited. He's like, look, I know how to deal with a crappy car. Yeah. I really think that's an advantage in that the last 60 races, his entire career has been in a car that he's been yeah. having to negate and deal with. So... Here's your analogy. Metaphor is like, so it's an analogy. It's a simile. Russell is like when you have your Peloton bike and you don't know that it needs to be recalibrated. So the instructor tells you that your flat road is 30 a flat road's like an easy road. It's supposed to be easy, but you are struggling and you can't figure it out. And like a 30 resistance. And it's so hard. And yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, this is so hard to do. And then you realize that it needs to be recalibrated. You fix it. And all of a sudden, your road is 50 times lighter. And you're like, ha And you're flying through because all of a sudden, it's so much easier for you. Everything is working properly. Everything's lined up. Yeah. I think that's what he is. Russell is doing right now. He's had to fight so much. So now he's in a better car and it's greater relief to him than what Lewis has right now. Oh, yeah. That, That makes a lot of sense. And your mindset in these moments is so important to how you're gonna how you're gonna attack and how you're gonna deal. Yeah. So that's a huge 
uh, feather in his cap. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Lewis will get used to the car. Sure. Because he is a really great driver. I didn't put it in, but it, if you can get Lewis stock on the cheap, I'd buy some. I mean, yeah, that's only going to go up. I feel like he's always going to be a solid choice. I think it is going to be funny if, I mentioned this the other night, if at the end of this season there is still a head-to-head race of Lewis and Max for points, even if it's not for the championship, it's going to be who can get fourth and who can get fifth, but they're going to be like up against each other. I think that will be really funny after all that, and it's still the two of them going against each other. And Latifi. Just <laughs> the puts his gone, car. Yeah. He puts his car in a wall to get a safety car. <laughs> Crofty and Brundle are freaking out. It's like the first one all over again. That was like nightmare. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what it's gonna be. Either that, or Max keeps not finishing races, and it's Checo and Hamilton. Because those are some fun. When the two of them get to fight, those are some really fun mm. racing. It's fair. They're both giving room. Yeah. Neither of them are too aggressive. But. They're good at driving with their elbows out just a little and patient and smart about where they overtake. Those two are great racing. I love it. This Checo got him. He's having trouble, for whatever reason, getting getting around him one of the times and got him to defend into a corner that then compromised uh, the next straight and so Checo had an exit and just breezed right by him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, to be able to, to do that kind of thinking 200 miles an hour. Um, Checo and Lewis will both be patient when it comes to overtaking. Hmm? They will both take their time and wait. Max cannot be patient. It's so hard for him to wait. And not just immediately go. Hmm. I mean, safety car stuff. The DRS games that Leclerc was playing with him in Bahrain and in Saudi. Mm -hmm. Max sees opening, takes opening. He just doesn't Leclerc's like, yeah, you thought that was an opening. That was a trap. Thanks. Now I can pass you. He's the roadrunner painting an open tunnel on a on a wall and Max just runs into it at full speed. Yeah. Yeah. They, that is really interesting. And I wonder if, or it's interesting that both of those guys have been at crappy teams. I mean, even when Lewis was at McLaren, you know, he won some, but they were also not good other Mm -hmm. times. Checo obviously has been at teams that weren't good. I wonder if that helps you be patient in, Knowing, yeah, I got to pick my times. Whereas Max has not been at that. Is that part of the learning that you do when you're a new driver? If you're not automatically put in a in a the wonder kid, yeah, and you get to learn those lessons. Yeah, that's true. You get to learn some of the basics. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You say that so surprisingly. No, I didn't mean that you don't know. <laughs> I just mean I've never thought about it that way. But yeah, that there's so much psychological makeup that goes into this. Like, I'm always surprised. Yeah. 
I'm also holding Mac stock. I'm okay. not going to sell it, but I'm not going to buy any more. Yeah, I'd wait and see. Because the only way to get that stock would have been at a high price coming off a championship. Probably some people are. They're probably some people panicking. Yeah. But I would hold because I think, I don't think he's going to win, but I think he could bounce. I think that this could end up being an okay investment. I agree. So, who are you holding? Haven't I already said? Did you say who you're holding? Yeah. Okay, never mind. Where are we in the standings? Drivers' championship. So, drivers, Leclerc's in first with 71. Uh, George Russell's in second with 37. But 71 to 37 is a big gap. Yeah. East. Um, Carlos Sainz is third. With? 33. Okay. So. If he hadn't screwed up. Yeah, if this... He would have gotten enough points to be in P2. Um, Perez is fourth. Hamilton is fifth. Only two points behind Perez. And then Verstappen is sixth. Man. Only three points behind Hamilton, so... Ouch. But down here at the very bottom, there are... One, two, three, four, five drivers who have yet to score any points. Who are those losers? Obviously Vettel, because he hasn't been able to, so he Not doesn't his really fault. count. Yeah. Uh, Latifi. Uh-uh. Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg. Which I think is funny that they include him since, but he did two races. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, Stroll and Schumacher. Yeah. Schumacher's having a tough season. It's interesting getting to see him against another driver and Magnuson's number nine. Yeah. Like, okay, so you have a driver who can get something. It's. Yeah. Like you said, it's interesting to see him up against somebody for real. And we'll start to learn. Excuse me, who he actually is. Mm-hmm. As he figures out the car, people said historically he's not great in the first year of a car or the first year of a series, which is usually a big car change. Here's a big car change. So uh, probably not, Give him a, not a surprise if he yeah. sucks here, but he, he didn't really learn anything beating up on Mazepin. And I think, I think Steiner knows. So I think Steiner will be a little bit more he, patient. He needs someone that. to help him um, sell that stuff in the Audi catalog. So he's gonna keep he's gonna keep Schumacher <laughs> around. I gotta sell those saunas and the toy boats and That's so funny. All of that. That is really funny. Um, all so right, constructors. So constructors. We have Ferrari in first with 104. Mercedes is second, believe it or not. With, with 65. So 65 points for P2 and Constructors. Uh-huh. How many points does Charles Leclerc have himself? 71. So Charles Leclerc by himself is in P2 of the Constructors. Sure. Right? 
Yeah. I mean, just saying that's how massive he's doing is he's got more points than a bunch of whole teams. Yeah. To continue. A lot of points for Ferrari, less points for Mercedes. Okay. Mercedes is two with 65. The listeners know where I was going and they love it. They probably also say church. And Red Bull is three with 55. Carlos signs car number. Okay. McLaren, surprisingly, is four in constructors. With? 24. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. This race and one other. Kind of surprising. Yeah. Aston Martin's the only constructor team without any. Even Williams has one. Albon. (laughs) One point, but yeah. He got it. That's what matters. He got that one point this last time, yeah. So. It's going to be... It's going to be really interesting. And in two weeks, we're going to Imola. Which is another Italian. It's a big speed one, right? No, that's Monza. Monza. Okay. Yeah. What, what's so special about MLF? It's pretty. <laughs> it's in the San Marino area, so it's it's a pretty track. Okay. It's the track. It's got a chicane right after a straight, and so... Can I give you a confession? Yep. Why I love the word chicane, I think it's really cool. I have no idea what what it is on the track when they talk about it. I always go, uh-huh, 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 but I have no idea what a chicane is besides the fact that it's a really cool word. So it's one of those, the listeners just have to envision it because I'm drawing in the air, where the the track goes like that. Sort of like a dog leg. Okay. You've got the turn and mm-hmm. then a turn. Mm-hmm. Emma's where... Uh, Lewis ended up on top of Max. Okay. Otherwise, it's not that interesting of a track to me. It's where one year um, Lewis... Oh, look. Google has pictures. Yeah. Probably just like the ones I drew in the air. Probably, but... This makes a little bit more sense. That's sort of the dog. So describe it to our listeners. What is a chicane? Three, two, one, go. A softened S curve. There we go. You heard it here first. It's not quite hard S back to back, but... More of a S. Yeah. A serpentine curve in a road added by design rather than dictated by geography. They're just a couple of turns placed close to each other. A little jink. Yeah. A softened S. There you go. I like it. A couple years ago, Imola was where Lewis got bailed out getting into the pit under a red flag. Okay. And he had to change his tires and everything. It had some damage. Oh, that looks like a boring track, actually. Yeah. So do you know that it's frowned Ugh. upon? What? To say boring track? No, it's frowned upon to treat um, the entry line of a school zone 
like the pit entry speed limit line. And you will get some looks. If what did you do? If you're going 30, normal speed, and then you can see that, you know, they have the board where it shows you your speed. And you wait until almost the last second. And you slow down real, real hard, real quick. Yeah. But when you cross the line, you're still at 20. You get some looks from the crossing guard. Oh, yeah. I got one this morning. I always get mad at that speed limit thing because it starts blinking at you when you are way far away from it. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I'm going 30, but I have a long time till I get to the school zone. Like, I get it. Give me a second. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see how close can I cut it and can I just squeak in just like drivers do or they slam on the brakes and you see them smoke those tires right at the line to hit the pit limiter speed like oh that's so cool that's they don't let you do that at school zones i mean they let you you'll just get looks yeah gentlemen's agreement says you shouldn't gentlemen well we have gentlemen's (laughs) gentlemen's racing in q3 and that works out so well so we can break that they love to say that but like no one ever follows them I know gentlemen in Formula One. Not anymore. Nope. Ever. So. It's a boring track next week, but it's not it at does a crappy look time. Boring. Yeah. It doesn't even look, look like some good places to. It's another sprint race. Ugh. So. Oh, uh, for Quali? Yep. Oh, those are fun. So that means that qualification will be on Friday. Okay. And then. Saturday will be a six teen, maybe 20 lap race. And it's okay. really short. It's a sprint, no pit stops. And the finishing order of that little race on Saturday will set the grid and how everybody starts on Sunday. Okay. Our idiot dog is. Sorry, your dog is like hacking over here. It's so gross. Hairball or something. Like ate a napkin or something. <laughs> Gross. But sprint races are interesting. If you haven't been watching Quali to date, you'll want to watch this one because Saturday's a race. I like these weekends it's better. A mini race. Because something happens Friday, something happens Saturday, something happens Sunday. Yeah. But because of that, but not a lot a of teams. Yeah, we have a week off. And because of the sprint race, not a lot of people are going to bring upgrades because that's less practice time for them to know if it's working. So largely the same cars. Yeah, that's not going to be true. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think I feel like with week four, we can start to see what are some actual trends. The next off week, we'll do a here's where we are. Like after Imola, the next week when I'm a race, we'll do a pod with here's where little little report cards. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Next week, Imola, boring track, good race time. Send us questions. Any question. Uh, We've gotten some TV related questions and some actual racing car related questions. One I had to go to the internet for. And... Send those to that's P1 podcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Twitter. 
Um, that's P1 Podcast on Twitter. Okay. That's Checkered Flag.